Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, April 12th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Europe's airlines say they're going to need a lot of help getting to net zero. And one of the big four accounting firms has scrapped a contentious plan to break itself up. But first, a word of warning from the IMF. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The International Monetary Fund has warned in a report that global economies are at risk if inflation remains high. To talk more about this, I'm joined by our economics editor, Chris Giles. He's in Washington, D.C. for the fund's big spring meeting. Hey, Chris. Hey, Mark. So, Chris, what's your big takeaway from this report? What really jumped out at you? Well, I think there's two things that jump out at you in the report. One is that the forecasts themselves, which is what we normally concentrate on, are really very unchanged. They're not too bad. They're not great. Showing a sort of a gradual recovery in the global economy. 23 will be better than 22. 24 will be better than 23. But none of these years will be bumper years for the global economy. But then what really jumps out at you is that the IMF say that and then they sort of put their forecast to one side almost immediately and tell you all the reasons that things will go wrong and the outcome will be worse than the forecast. So they're very worried about risks. Like what? What kind of risks? Well, the risks are, the big risk is that inflation will stay too high for too long in many, many parts of the world. And then that then means that central banks will have to keep interest rates high and high interest rates are exactly what that was the trigger for the recent bounce of banking turmoil and other forms of financial turmoil. Now, Chris, while the IMF is expecting turbulence, it's also forecasting that the world's second biggest economy is, is going to hold up pretty well. What can you tell us about China? It's very clear that they are in the middle of a rebound from the zero COVID policies of last year. So opening up huge growth in domestic services this year. And that's going to make the economy grow by probably more than the 5% that the government has as a target this year. And it's a rebound from a very weak performance last year. And who's at the bottom of the forecast, Chris? Well, sadly for someone from the UK, right at the bottom of the advanced economies, pretty much, is the UK uh, still suffering from the mini-budget of last year. Although the 2023 forecast, which is pretty dire, a contraction of 0.3%, does get better in the medium term. So it's not permanent doom and gloom for the Brits. Uh, More a really, really difficult period, which hopefully will end as global gas and oil prices come down a bit and things get a little bit easier. Chris Giles is the FT's economics editor. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Bob. Project Everest. Sounds impressive. It was the code name for a plan by one of the world's biggest accounting firms to break itself up. EY wanted to split its auditing business from its consulting business, and it would have been the biggest shakeup to the industry in decades. Ultimately, EY's powerful U.S. partners squashed the deal. So is it just back to business as usual? 
Absolutely not. No, this has been a, a tumultuous time. That's the FT's Stephen Foley, who's been covering all this. And the global executive is making the point that some of the forces in the profession that made them want to conduct this breakup in the first place are still very much alive. Now, if you go back to brass tacks, what they were hoping to do by spinning off the consulting arm is to free the consultants from all these complicated conflict of interest rules that prevent consulting firms from selling their services to audit clients. Audit, remember, has to be a very independent process. This is about checking the financial reports of, uh, of all the companies in the world. EY has a, a massive share, as you would expect of a big four firm, of uh, all the global companies. So that audit work is very, very important, but it means that the consultants have one arm tied behind their back and can't sell their services to those audit clients, whereas as, as an independent firm, they believe that they would have more growth on their own. And the leadership yesterday in putting out this uh, message to partners said that they still believe that some kind of breakup is important, which means they are now going to move into a new phase of trying to come up with a different idea for how to achieve that basic principle. So, Stephen, I'm wondering, is this a bad look for EY? I mean, what are other accounting firms thinking as EY backtracks on this plan? Well, I mean, look, EY is a, a very large consulting firm. You'll notice from the uh, from the comments under our uh, stories over the last six months, there's been plenty of people saying that uh, if the consultants can't get their own uh, deal through, then what does that uh, what does that mean for uh, the advice they're giving uh, their own clients? But uh, but listen, more importantly than that, there is this question about the shape of the profession, and EY has opened up a huge debate across the uh, profession. Uh, but so far, the other big firms have been watching this uh, debacle, and that's what it is ultimately at EY, this debacle, and saying they don't want to uh, follow uh, in EY's footsteps. Uh, Deloitte CEO for example, put out a video message only a few weeks ago explaining exactly why, in excruciating detail actually, why it wasn't going to do the same thing as EY and why it believed that having consulting and tax and accounting all in one firm was actually a, a good thing for clients and for the firm itself. Stephen Foley is the FT's US accounting editor. European airlines have pledged to reduce carbon emissions to zero by the year 2050, but it's going to be pretty pricey. A new report from the industry estimates it'll cost more than 800 billion euros. Here's our transportation correspondent, Philip Georgiadis. Well, it's so expensive because the industry is relying on a host of completely unproven new technologies. And the most expensive and really the way that they plan to get to net zero is to use new and cleaner fuels. And these are not made from fossil fuels, but they're made from completely new feedstocks such as animal fat, cooking oil, even household waste. And burning them emits up to 70 or 80 percent less carbon dioxide over their life cycle. So you're not pulling up fossil fuels out of the ground, you're burning new material. And that really is the only way that the industry thinks it can get to net zero because other technology, you might have heard of electric planes or hydrogen planes, they admit that they're not going to get there at scale by 2050. So it's very expensive. It's a big punt on new technology. And most of it is going to be new fuels. So that's one message of the report, that it's going to be expensive. What's the other message, Philip? So this report is essentially saying this is difficult, but it's doable. 
trust the process, but it's also very much saying we need help. And they want help from European governments, from the EU Commission, particularly to get those sustainable aviation fuels available at scale and cheaper. So they want price support to help encourage oil majors to make more of these, and they want more tax incentives as well. So they really think the European government, and they actually look to the US a lot, where the Biden administration, through its policies, are really pushing sustainable aviation fuels. And they say, we want a bit of that as well, and we need help from governments. Otherwise, this is going to get very expensive and consumers are going to have to pay even more. Philip Georgiatis is the FT's transportation correspondent. Before we go, Germany's biggest lender, Deutsche Bank, has relied on Russian IT expertise for more than two decades. 1,500 workers staffed Deutsche's Russia Technology Center in Moscow and St. Petersburg. They developed and maintained software for the bank's entire global trading business. But last year, after the war on Ukraine started, Deutsche quietly moved nearly half of those workers to Berlin. And yesterday, according to FT sources, Deutsche offered severance packages to the remaining workers. It's part of the bank's bigger plan to shut down its Russian IT operation. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. I'm taking a few days off for a vacation, but I'll be back on April 24th. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. The latest episode of The Next Five podcast is all about AI and the business travel sector. I speak to Tim LaBelle, head of product for SAP Concur Spend Solutions. We'll have so much data that our travel will be safer. Shelley Fletcher-Brien, VP of Advito. AI can certainly contribute to more eco-friendly travel practices. And author and public speaker, Theo Lau. AI can help us predict when it will be a peak travel, more delays, cancelled flights. Listen to the full episode of The Next Five wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy.